0: Welcome to Product Stories, where we explore how founders build successful software products. This is a podcast about product management, development, remote work, and anything else non-technical as well as technical founders need to know to launch and scale software products. Today's guest is Joachim van der Veer, co-founder of TheyDo, and together we'll dive into the secrets of understanding the customer journey, which starts way before your signup page and decides whether customers choose you when they have a problem. Jochen, welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. Awesome. Why don't you tell us just a little tiny bit about your background and what brought you to uh, building a SaaS?
1: So I have a background in design. Used to be user experience design, then the whole field was uh, you know, rapidly evolving, like, uh, what is it, more than a decade ago. And uh, eventually it turned out to be uh, service design, <laughs> what was my calling, um, and I led a, an agency together with two other guys uh, for a while, a service design agency where we focused on helping our clients work more customer-centric, not only do these type of projects, but also build the processes and systems to, uh, to sustain that uh, way of working. And that led us to getting into um, journey mapping and using customer journeys as the core of um, how businesses operate. We call it journey management. So. What we found was that everyone was doing it so differently. Journeys were all over the place. Nothing was consistent, nothing was standardized. So how can you get an overview? How can you prioritize what to do next and know exactly why? So scratching our own itch, we were designing software to service our clients and that ultimately led into creating a whole product organization around the core of what they do today is. We don't do consulting anymore except for implementation and we're now a full SaaS. Uh, business.
0: Cool. And uh, who's your main target audience with uh, with this product?
1: So, we target enterprise companies. We're based in Amsterdam. Well, technically we're not based anywhere. We, we are a remote company. But we are founded in the Netherlands, so we are now focusing on large corporations here that have a lot of different departments, different silos, a lot of miscommunication and uh, walls in the, or virtual walls in the office, so large companies with service design or in-house UX teams that want to work customer-centric. That's basically our target audience, so a bit more specific than just Fortune 500.
0: Of course. Awesome. And uh, But of course, customer uh, service design isn't just something that the Fortune 500s or the enterprises should be doing, even though probably they're lacking it the most. I guess many startup founders are sort of doing it. They they know a lot of tools that kind of go into user journey mapping, but don't mainly, maybe don't necessarily understand that there's really a, a very good and set process and uh, and and something that can be explained and implemented. So, what in your definition is a customer journey? Yeah, that's a very good one, actually. Let me just make it very simple. It is.
1: Visualizing, or at least when we talk about customer journey maps, it's about visualizing the experience people have when completing a goal or achieving some target or meeting some deadline that they have uh, for themselves. And what I mean by that is basically customer journeys are not click on the sign up, click here, do this, do that, get some value from the product, share it with your friends, uh, you know, buy a subscription and then later on churn. Uh, While well, those are part of the customer journey, when we look at customer journeys from a business perspective, it is usually trying to understand all the way from first thought when the first thought arises from "Hey, there must be something wrong with the way I'm doing it," or you know, I need a solution for my problem, or I, uh, you know, I have an itch uh, <laughs> to scratch, all the way to fixing it, finishing it, doing it, and all the steps and the forces of progress uh, or the um, the things that uh, hold us back combines that make up for the customer journey as you might expect a product like we saas founders are building is somewhere in the journey but definitely not the start and also not the end it is somewhere in the customer journey one of the decisions is i'm going to go for product x i'm going to go for product y to scratch my itch or to solve my problem Uh, And then I'm maybe going to start onboarding, or if I have already done it, it will be uh, a little bit earlier in the journey. But the whole customer journey is often way broader than we as businesses like to believe. Because what we can measure is within the realm of our product and what is outside that um, uh, stuff that we can figure out based on data is very, you know, crazy or um, hard to follow or hard to understand if you don't have a customer journey in place that is based on real data or figuring out what people do
0: and so how do i how do i create and visualize that is there like a standard format is there is there something that that i can do or draw or sketch or uh which obviously is is always a not as good as they do, I I presume. But uh, how would I get started very simply?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So journeys to create, to visualize, you can Google customer journey mapping or customer journey mapping tool, and it probably will find us and some others and some methods and some templates and some sketches and some layouts. But that's not the real problem. That's easy to do. Anyone can draw a customer journey. But the best customer journeys we see are based on real customer interviews. So talking to your customers and really understanding what was the decision-making process, like literally the decision-making process in their head up until the moment that they chose your product. If they are your customer, you can ask them that. Up until they bought your service, right? What was all the things, the steps in their mind that they went through? And the best way to obtain that is by talking to them, virtually, physically calling them up being together with them, even though current times uh, do not allow that, but building an understanding of what they actually did, step by step by step, what they thought, what they felt, what they experienced, why they were doing what they did, is ultimately the best way to get started mapping a journey. So doing customer interviews is a great way, and then using the data to structure it back into a customer journey, literally showing the progress people make, is actually the best way to create a customer journey map. And then the next step would be, hey, where do our solutions, whether that's a marketing campaign or a landing page or actually an onboarding flow or basically some feature in your product, help our customer in that journey to make progress.
0: And that brings me right to to another question because obviously some of our listeners are very early stage. Some are mature SaaS companies with uh, a lot of customers when is the right time to do this because some people might not have a lot of customers to talk to yet they just have a hypothesis Um, does it already make sense to throw that spaghetti at the wall and create a hypothetical user journey or is that way too early yeah so that is a way to start the downside is
1: that if you believe that you have found the truth and your journey is great That it's hard to, you know, let that go when you learn new facts that um, are counterintuitive or, you know, disconfirm your your initial thoughts. You know, we want to be right and we want to build a business that works. So (laughs) if uh, people tell you your journey is wrong, it's very hard to change that. So you can do that to start. But it's more interesting to look at what the definition of customer is because customer journey mapping is a term that we use across the industry for this. we see customer as someone who is ultimately the end user. So there's also a stage where that person, the same person, is not a customer yet. So looking at that part is interesting as well. And if you're a startup founder, as we were, um, uh, when we started the product, we didn't have much customers. We did have access to our target audience to really understand what are the people that we seek to serve. And we started talking to them. And based on what we have observed, we could create different profiles of them we call them personas, and uh, basically they represent a need-based profile of what we see as our ideal customers or the people that we want to serve. And and, and splitting up those interviews into you know, some basic need profiles is a really useful exercise to start with, to understand what is the need of a group of people that is similar, that ultimately my product or my vision of my product is going to uh, address and how do they actually do what they, you know, what my product or service is currently uh, aiming to fix. What do they do right now and what is holding them back to change? So those are the first things to look for when you don't have customers, but you know who you are going to or want to serve in the future.
0: Actually, that's a great point uh, that I haven't even thought about yet, but of course, what holds you back? from creating a customer journey of the competitive alternative they're currently using and exactly figuring out where the pain points are on this journey. Like not even creating the map for your product, but for up until where it, it would be necessary to understand your customers, right?
1: Yeah. I can give you a, a more lively example if you want. Yeah. For, from our product. So how you structure a journey map. Before COVID, it was done, big whiteboard session or brown paper session posted, some smart people in the room, hopefully with customers, usually without customers. Anyway, that's, that's how it got done. Now, that whole space moved online and um, to the digital whiteboard spaces, which are great tools to do these kind of workshops, to do this initial discovery mapping, and we use them as well. But then what happens is that your journeys grow, you get like a current and a future state, you have sub-journeys and you have different parts of your product that you want to map. So what we figured out for our customer journeys was that the moment that you start, you go away from discovery and you start to coordinate, prioritize, start working with your journeys, that is the moment that these uh, digital whiteboards break down or the physical whiteboards break down. That's the moment when data is great. So we say when you want to go from all over the place to one place, and these were the, literally the words that we heard people say, that is where you want to have a solution like data. So we use it in our marketing, those kind of words in the journey on that particular step. Uh, obviously, our solution is a little bit bigger than that, but that's one of the findings that we've observed by talking to people and looking at how they are currently doing it without they do.
0: and that makes a lot of sense this is cool and uh, you already mentioned it that before COVID, you started with having people in a room and a whiteboard hopefully with customers and now who should ideally be involved in those and i already you know since it should be customers even though oftentimes they're not who else should be there? Who else should really attend this session?
1: Yeah, yeah. So customers can also can only be included if you, if you know what you're doing. Because if you just have a bunch of customers in a workshop and you're going to talk about journey maps, the outcome will be very much biased and you know based on group think. So that's why I help my customers or my potential customers to to set it up based on interviews, one-on-ones. Uh, because it's more valuable where you get real insights and then later you can confirm their customers. But if you do a session with your team, or let's say you are the SaaS uh, a company that want to start with journey maps, then at least you need uh, someone who later on is able to continue building on this journey. Because journey mapping is not a poster exercise that you do once, create a nice visual, you get some insights and you go back to business. Journeys basically represent your product. How you address the solutions, uh, address the problems in that journey is done with your solutions or features. So if you are ready for this step, then having the core team, especially when you're a startup founder, having your core team be present is very essential. So at least your exact team, maybe uh, your CTO, someone who leads the development uh, uh, or the engineering team. At least a designer or someone who is literate in user experience research or talking to customers and knowing what to ask to get some information. So he can also, she can also create a brief afterwards. So those are some of the people that I would involve. But like journeys are a very visual tool and that's why it's so powerful because you can have everyone involved. Or let's not say everyone, but any role in your company can be involved. Uh, involved because. Every person can bring something to such a session that you might not have thought of before, and because it's a simple way to visualize things and to map things out that anyone can understand, it's not something that is too complicated.
0: Mm-hmm. Most people will not be seeing any video, but um, is there? Can you can you maybe describe like a sample? a customer journey, something with uh, not too many steps uh, so that people can visualize what that could look like for a sample product, maybe even yours? Yeah, sure. So there's there, there are two ways to look at it. You have the big
1: picture, like maybe let's start there. And the big picture is broad stroke journey. So it goes all the way from that first thought that I just mentioned, and then maybe at the end, and I'll walk you through the steps in a sec, at the end to like churning or renewing, if you wanna look at the SaaS business, right? But from the first thought, the moment people realize they might have a problem or you know, not doing something right, or doing something that they wanna you know, do better or improve, all the way to I'm going to onboard or I'm going to sign up, is already uh, too far away from that first thought. So the big picture would consist of, let's say, I have this first thought, Then I start passive looking. You know, the first thought is there and I'm passive looking. What am I doing? A few steps in that process. Then at some point something happens. Can be a small thing, can be a big event, doesn't matter, can be something someone says to you or you find this ad online. And then you go into active looking. And active looking is the third phase of this journey where you actually start to figure out what are the options. And you start um, browsing around, collecting a few pages and um, making a pre-selection. This is also the phase where you would start to make a short list of solutions. It can be digital solutions, that's what we SaaS founders like, but it can also be you know things that you do in the real world. After this active looking phase, there is a, I'm going to decide. It can be like a split second, or it can be a meeting, or it can be something that you do with your team, or you know your customer does collectively, or there is like many steps involved, and then comes a moment in time that you say, okay, I'm gonna try this, I'm gonna onboard. And again, these two stages can be reversed because some products offer free trials like we do and uh, offer something that you can explore already. So the onboarding part is before that. So then the decision is after the onboarding. And after the decision, there is gonna be the, either the implementation or the first use. So as you can see, what I'm trying to do here is I'm walking you through the broad stroke stages. But onboarding, let's just take onboarding because we all know onboarding, is already a journey on its own. Because there are many entry points, usually. It's not like you click the sign up button, but some someone can refer you to getting onboarding started. Or you are doing it together with your potential customer because you helped them. Or someone uh, just got a share link from your application and just onboards through there. right? So, Different entry points, and then there are different steps involved to onboard. If you have a simple product, might be a flow with a few steps to set you up. If you have a complex product, you're maybe entering a configuration flow, and in between all these steps that you do digitally, in your mind you're also thinking, "What should I do? Am I doing this right?" Hmm. Maybe I just browse the help section to figure out if I am doing it right or I'm gonna ask a friend. So there's also some steps that we are not measuring and we cannot see that are happening at the same time. And this is the information that you want to structure in your journey so that you get a big picture and a small detailed version of the big picture where you see, hey, this is what holding what is holding people back. This is what helping them to make progress. And all these little elements together might shape what we call opportunities for you to improve. Either in your communication, in your onboarding flow, if we take the onboarding journey. But it will allow you to capture the opportunities based on what people do, and not only on what your data tells them they do,
0: or they did. Mm
1: -hmm. Is that helpful, or you want to dig deeper into a journey, how, how you structure it?
0: That is very helpful. No, I think I think that's fine. I think everybody can sort of relay that onto their own business right now and is probably already thinking of of uh, how can they improve or aha, where do my customers actually come from when they sign up? I, I think even that mindset shift is is super, super helpful. But now let's say I have my my journey and uh, what do I do with the result best? Because you already said, You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be like, okay, cool. I have this now. I'll, I'll just post it in Slack for everyone to see. It's a super nice graphic. What should I do? How should I distribute it? What's the best thing to do with it?
1: Yeah. So very good question because different journeys have different purposes, especially in in the early days of your company. Your journey can serve as a way to figure out the ideal customer experience right, of the part that you can influence Uh, but in the later stage of your company you might have already a bunch of journeys figuring out different parts of your products even you know before you become a customer and while you're a customer and you have all these different types of journeys so the first the basic place to start is trying to map the current situation and if you don't have customers You map out for the different need-based profiles you have, so for the different personas, uh, the most important journeys of the goals they try to complete, which your product later on will fix or address. So that is the current journey, how are they doing it right now? If you do have customers, try to map it with your product. So how is the big picture journey coming together? And where does your product start to make that journey easier for your customers? the goal of the current journey is to get a shared understanding with your team of what's going on. What is the customer experience? Why do people do what they do? And that will result hopefully in, you know, some observations that <laughs> you know are true, but also some points of friction, some pain points in that journey. But it will also lead you to find opportunities. If you have, you know, talked to 10 customers already and, and structured into a journey, you can already see some patterns that might not be specific to one step in that journey or two steps in that journey, but might be specific to a part of the journey consisting of some evidence from different steps. And this is where you can take your journey to the next level and say like, we're gonna use this journey to document opportunities to capture the evidence that we have obtained and say, and that's that's obviously something we do in Deidu, put a layer on top of a journey, say like, hey, we have a list of opportunities the first opportunity we want to address is um, XYZ, and you can find some evidence in these and these steps. So then you turn your current journey, creating the shared understanding, into a little bit more interactive platform for capturing opportunities and prioritizing these against your company goals and figuring out together with your team like, hey, we have a bunch of opportunities we want to address. We're a small team, can't do everything. What can we do first and what is the most important one? And this is also a great place to have a good discussion about, you know, if you use OKRs or another strategic goal mapping uh, methodology, like how do these opportunities stack against our company goals? And then you can really start working customer centric. We want to, you know, I don't know, improve our activation (laughs) metric uh, to X, all right? Our customers have told us that these are the things that they want to focus on or they have problems with. Can we find some synergies between them? What is the most important thing to address right now? That is the key of working customer centric. And you can use journeys to start working this way if they are the source of your truth.
0: Hmm. And I, I guess on top of that, because you already mentioned that mostly enterprises have this problem of creating silos, you know, marketing is working on its own, product is working on its own, everybody's working on their own. But to be frank, within startups, once you have a team of five or more, you're also fighting against silo creation and you have, again, marketing, you again, have product. And so probably this one shared understanding or the truth helps every department to, to do a better job and be better aligned with the rest.
1: Yes. Yes. Definitely. And, and there's also one more thing that you can do with your journeys, if they are you know, in a digital format, like, uh, like the, the, the journeys that we structure and they do, is that they become like the container for all your insights. So you don't need to do like these big picture opportunities all the time. If you have a little insight, very little insight, like, hey, it would be great if this uh, button uh, would activate a different kind of menu than, uh, than the model you right now have. Or it would be great to have an overview of uh, this or that type of database you have in your system. If you get those kind of insights from your customer, and they are focusing on a very particular step in your journey, wouldn't it be great if you could just slot it in right there in the journey, whether it's your customer success manager, someone from sales, or someone from UX research, or your, your product team that obtains this insight. And he or she can then just put it in the journey directly. That's at least how we do it in they do. So all the small little insights that are not like these big picture things get into the right place of the journey so everyone still
0: understands what's going on. That is really helpful. And um, now, when do I revisit my customer journey? Yeah,
1: that has to do with the product cycle that you have. Like if you work in two-week sprints or bigger, uh, longer term uh, planning. You can do the big picture of things, usually quarterly. That's at least uh, for, I don't know, for a lot of SaaS founders, at least that's also how we operate the best horizon to look at when it comes to like the bigger picture epics or the opportunities, as we call them, you want to focus on uh, building your product. But we revisit our journeys every day. So we get new information all the time through our different support channels, through the chat, through the conversations we have with our customers. So. My day almost always starts with going into data and figuring out um, if there's something new to see or going to have a look at the journey. Now, that's obviously because journeys are my thing. But it's very useful to you know, start maybe your weekly meeting with having a look at the journey or having a look at your opportunity prioritization or having a look at what's, what are the new insights that we have gathered or obtained. kind of depends on how deep you want to go but you can also make it into a team effort to once every now and then have a session where you go through the whole journey together and figure out if it's still the right journey, if it's still the right steps, the right opportunities you're focusing on. So do like a, a little cleanup. So it really becomes your center of gravity rather than your data dashboards or your product backlogs, which is you know focusing on only one part of your business.
0: And similarly, when should I create multiple journeys? When is one not enough?
1: So the best way to start is like make one big picture journey, especially in the early days of your company. You don't have too many journeys and you have to manage a lot of different places. It's just you start big, but then you start seeing some patterns and then you figure out, hey, onboarding is something that we are you know, not doing right or we can improve. That is usually the time when you, know, you uncover an opportunity somewhere in the big picture journey that you wanna go deeper. So like, let's dig in, let's talk to some more customers, let's find some more data, let's figure out what we currently do, how that journey looks like and make a smaller journey that fits into that bigger picture. Um, that is where we see a lot of uh, startup and, and founders make smaller journeys. Uh, if your company is a little bit more mature already, then you might want to look at what we call journey hierarchy, where you say, if we take the big customer experience and start slicing it up into smaller journeys that all add up to the big picture, let's take Uber as an example, not saying that it's a, <laughs> a little scalable but it's one of the biggest, but maybe an easier one to, to use as an example. If you get it right, all the way from, okay, I need one. I'm going to open the app, I'm going to get one, I'm going to you know, have the ride, I'm going to rate my ride, driver, and I'm going to be at my destination. That is a micro journey. And then there might be like this whole lot of space between the next interaction you're going to have with that brand. Now looking at, at it from Uber's perspective, the micro journey of you know, some Victor persona, I don't know, let's not make some assumptions about the Uber personas, but the Victor persona journey of getting an Uber is some micro journey in the big picture uh, ecosystem of customer experience at Uber. So you can imagine there are some journeys before and after and uh, you know some other journeys, maybe you're gonna have different uh, apps from Uber, like Uber Eats as well installed, so it's all connected. So as your company grows, it makes sense to have smaller journeys based on what your customers do and not based on some segmentation. And that's a very important lesson we have learned along the many years that we are now working in this field, try mm-hmm. to start from your customer's perspective and not from your business perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. That is 100% valuable. And uh, how can they do help in this process? How can I use your software?
1: Yeah, and this is also the, the place where you go from all over the place to one place, <laughs> yeah, what we see. Um, If you have a simple, consistent way of documenting your journeys, mapping your journeys, and also have a system that you can use your journeys as like Lego blocks to create a bigger picture with a few journeys show what customer experience is like in a bigger scheme of things, uh, then you can solve these puzzles. And, And that is what our software actually does. So making journeys is very flexible. You can make your journeys exactly the way you want using the different layers of content you want to build it in, having different phases and different steps and different personas, adding the different opportunities and solutions to your journeys and making these great tools for alignment. But then small journeys together can also be created in one overview. So we provide some tools to create these hierarchies and to show you how you can quickly organize a few journeys together, get valuable insights and and work as a business using journeys as an overview of the customer experience
0: wonderful and uh, so where where would I sign up and what's the pricing for startups
1: yeah so go to datu.io slash register if you want or just click the register button especially for startups it's great because what we see when you get started with journey maps you need to get your bearings right you need to do some you know customer interviews and to structure things so data is free up until Three journeys. You can join with your whole team. We have live collaboration built in, of course. Um, and up until three journeys, you can do everything you want. And uh, after the fourth, it's 25 euros per contributor. So people who can create, edit, and uh, make journeys. And uh, it's 5 euros per viewer, because you might want to have some you know, people in your organization be able to view everything without um, uh, tampering with your valuably uh, created
0: journeys. Wow, that's awesome. I'll, I'll just add that this is the current pricing, so uh, obviously we don't know if it's gonna be free forever. Um, I'm definitely going to sign up. Can you recommend any books or courses or maybe just even good in-depth blog articles on uh, customer journey mapping if anybody wants to learn more?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, you know what I will recommend? If you mm. just you know go to Amazon or Google or com, whatever, um, platform you use to buy your books and just find journey mapping you can find some resources i don't think that's that's going to be the one that people get some value from yeah some basic theory and you're you're going to go be going to be great maybe you can check out demand side sales from bob musta i don't know if you heard about the book he's one of the guys that uh, together with clayton christensen came up with the jobs to be done framework and he is showing the journey as a way how people make purchase decisions, buy things, or basically, um, you know, demand-side sales, as you call it. I think that book, with so rich, vivid examples, will give you a better understanding of what journey mapping can do for you. And the other thing I recommend is one of the things on our website we call Journey Excellence, which basically lays out a simple blog article an approach to customer experience management where you use journeys and personas to structure insights, which allows you to create hierarchy in these different journeys you have and then lets you prioritize opportunities across these journeys. And that workflow, what you can do to go from insight to implementation, is definitely something that if you have that in mind when starting with your journey maps, it will help you tremendously in navigating the complex business goals that you want to achieve.
0: Wow, that's really helpful. We'll definitely link that up. As a last note, where where can we find more about you and Deidoo? So besides our website, I think
1: LinkedIn is the best place to connect with us. So you can find me at Jochem van der Veer. It's Dutch, but I'm sure you can link to it, uh, Victor. And our company is at LinkedIn as well, uh, slash io. Um Or you can just search for Deidoo. Delightful CX management. I mean... We want to be the easiest to use, so we put Delightful in our uh, sub-tech
0: on LinkedIn. Awesome. It was such a pleasure, and this was really insightful. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It was my pleasure.